0: brian smith here and welcome to the dream path podcast where i try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world my goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process and make it accessible to everyone now let's jump in brother jason moore welcome to the duo my friend
1: well brian i'm happy to be here and i'm happy you're here
0: you know Normally, that is a uh, statement that would seem a little bit superficial, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm happy you're here too, brother. (laughs) Except when you say, I'm happy you're here, I actually feel very grateful to be here because this last week was a fucking doozy for me, Yeah, feeling a lot better. But you know from uh, our communications via text that I have been down and out for about a week with the stomach flu Mm -hmm. and um, feeling like a... Fucking hundred dollar bill today and feeling amazing. So right on. The contrast between how I felt versus today is really stark, and I'm just grateful to be alive.
1: I'm grateful you're alive too. It's never fun to go through anything like that at all.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate you checking in on me too, seeing how I'm doing.
1: Well, I just want you to get off your ass and get some work done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as long as you're being real. (laughs) No, I'm I'm happy you're you're feeling a lot better, man. That stuff's miserable.
0: Yeah, so let's jump into our recap of the Joseph Kubota Ladaika interview Mm -hmm. and also the interview with Sunil Prakash. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of that chat with Joseph?
1: Well, the interview was great. Um, Had a lot packed into that hour long conversation that you had with Joseph. Uh, You know, Joseph seems to really have a passion for what he's doing and has a real vision. And he's actually been doing a lot over the years, Uh, you know, whether it be directing episodic television or writing and creating a film. But I think he is just now really catching fire and getting the acclaim that he deserves. I think as a filmmaker, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. I really see a lot coming from him
0: in the future. I agree. I made this comment to him during the interview, and it's this. I think Joseph is wise beyond his years as a filmmaker Mm -hmm. and skilled beyond his years. And the fact that he was able to shoot Catch the Fair One and the first cut of the film was within just a couple of minutes of the final cut, Mm -hmm. means that this guy knows how to make decisions. And he really spent a lot of time developing the script. He basically shot it and had very few scenes to cut at the end, which tells me that he knows exactly what he wants. He has a vision and he executes on that vision. And I was extremely complimentary of Joseph and his film, Catch the Fair One, because it really resonated with me in terms of i like thrillers i like unique thrillers but i also like efficient and taught thrillers and what i mean by that is no wasted scene time no exposition or bullshit dialogue mm-hmm. every scene means something right and every action means something every silence from one of the characters means something and um it's probably not a perfect film the Professional critic were to look at it, they may see flaws in it that I don't see. But I thought it was an excellent debut performance from Kaylee Reese, who is a professional boxer in real life. Yeah. I thought it had a great message and it highlighted an important issue, which is missing indigenous women Mm -hmm. in America. That's right. And the lack of attention that gets in the news and in our culture. Ultimately, at the end of the day, this was just a great thriller and one everyone should watch. So put it in your queue, rent it if you can. It's on video on demand.
1: Well, you know, and I haven't seen the whole thing, and what I have seen of it, I don't know what a critic would would have to say bad about it. It's a very well-done film. The the camera work and the action
0: is great. I mean, it's very well done. Yeah, you got to check it out start to finish. Yeah. It really is a solid flick. Right on. So what would you think about my chat with Sunil?
1: Very cool interview with Sunil. Um, Sunil is a very prolific filmmaker. I think I read an interview with Sunil where someone called him a boots on the ground producer, which to me means that he's deeply involved in the trenches in whatever film he's making from start to finish and is very successful doing it. And I think part of his success is the fact that he surrounds himself with a network of people that just get shit done, you know, um, collaborative folks that he's probably worked with for years. And when you have those connections to like-minded people in the business, it creates a workflow that is very focused and creative at the same time.
0: I agree. What I liked about Sunil was that although he's an independent film producer, he's also a big studio film producer. He works on big films like Salt with Angelina Jolie Mm -hmm. and Enchanted with Amy Adams. So he has all these connections to big studio folks, Mm -hmm. but his passion Is in independent filmmaking. Right. And you saw my interview on video with Sunil. This is a guy who probably lives a very lavish Hollywood lifestyle, rubbing elbows with all kinds of movie stars and, you know, living in Hollywood. Yeah. But he actually went to the hills of Montana to shoot this film, Last Survivors, with Alicia Silverstone, Mm. Drew Van Acker, Stephen Moyer from True Blood. And he was there working the logistics helping to carry camera equipment over uh, hills and down gullies and getting his hands dirty. And this is a guy that I respect because of that. This is someone who's not afraid to dive into the nitty-gritty of filmmaking. Right. And he doesn't do it for the money. He does it for the passion of independent film. And another thing I liked about Sunil is that despite all of his success in Hollywood, he's a super humble guy, and he came about this completely organically in terms of how to become a movie producer. And I always wonder how film producers get in that position where they're behind the camera, they're controlling money, money decisions, they're controlling casting decisions, mm-hmm. and they almost seem to be a lot more powerful than the director. But there's this murkiness or this, this ambiguity regarding their role in the filmmaking process. And I never really know exactly what producers do. So that's what I try to drill down on when I talk to film producers. And what's so great about Sunil is that he shared those details with us Mm -hmm. and basically explained how he found film producing and the path that he took and the steps that he takes to put a film together and how long it takes And, um, I'm not sure that someone can listen to this interview and create a formula for themselves to become a film producer, but it is one piece of the puzzle. It's a peek behind the curtain, so to speak.
1: Right. Well, you know, as, as I said, I had heard that somebody said he was a boots on the ground producer. That makes sense. I mean, literally wears many hats, I suppose, you know, he's got different things that he's doing. Maybe that's something another producer wouldn't do, but Sunil is kind of like got his hands in it in many different ways to get it done. And I think he put it as pretty much doing it from scratch.
0: Yeah, making a film from scratch. Mm -hmm. And he did that with salt. And what's so cool about making something from scratch and then hearing about the process of how it evolves is that you get to hear why it is that a project can start with someone like Tom Cruise attached mm-hmm. as the lead. Right. And it can evolve into a film where Angelina Jolie is the lead and completely changes the vibe of the film and the the aesthetic of the film in a good way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But those types of stories about how movies completely get flipped upside down and the approach is completely different because of a character change or a plot twist, that's where movie producers like Sunil are intimately involved. And it's really cool to see behind the curtain all of the hard work that goes into developing a story like that, developing the casting, and to also hear how many years it takes to put a film like that together. It's really daunting. But
1: very cool at the same time. Absolutely.
0: So Jason, Mm -hmm. we don't always talk about things that we're listening to or watching, but I wanted to mention a couple of shows that I think you should check out. Okay. I have been watching this show on HBO Max called Peacemaker with John Cena, who was a former professional big-time wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> I love John. And this show on HBO, Peacemaker, is one of the best superhero series I've ever seen. It's hilarious. John Cena's character, Peacemaker, is extremely flawed. <laughs> His dad is played by Robert Patrick. Oh good. Okay. okay. Member is Richard Patrick's brother. That's right. We interviewed Richard a couple of years ago, a filter. Uh-huh. Robert Patrick is the villain from Terminator, as you know. Yeah. As well. yeah But the show by James Gunn is so well put together, so well written and hilarious and heartfelt. And the season finale, I, I watched that last night. Could not be happier with a series like this a nice escape television series and probably will be picked up for season two given how popular it is mm-hmm. but definitely check that one out okay the other series that i think you should check out with odessa is also on hbo max it's called station 11. Mm. it was created by a guy named patrick somerville or somerville mm-hmm. and it stars Mackenzie davis himesh patel matilda lawler and some actors that you probably will recognize as character actors from other shows, but not a lot of big stars. So I really didn't know what to expect with this show other than the ratings were great. There was some buzz about it on social media. Mm -hmm. And I I watched it, binge-watched it, and it is one of the most thoughtful, intense, complex, original storylines I have ever seen on screen. Wow, it's gorgeous. It's minimalist in some ways. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of like pyrotechnics or action scenes, but the action scenes that are there are very well put together, very well directed. And it's hard to describe in a succinct way what this is about, but basically, it's a post-apocalyptic series where there was a virus. Sound familiar?
1: It does sound very familiar
0: and the virus wipes out basically 99% of the population, leaving behind folks to fend for themselves. Mm. And it follows two tracks. So it it follows uh, kind of bouncing back and forth in time between right as the virus is hitting and what people are doing to prepare to die or try to survive and about 20 years Mm post-pandemic, where the post-pans, as they're referred to, Are creating communities and trying to find meaning in their life. And one of these little pocket communities, they're a traveling troupe of actors that put on Shakespeare plays. Hmm. And so they're driving around in these cars that are being pulled by horses because there's no gasoline anymore. Wow. And they run across, kind of in a Walking Dead or a Fear the Walking Dead type of way, they run across folks that are not so friendly and other folks that are friendly and it follows their adventures 20 years later but it's a lot more nuanced and complex than that because what you're seeing is that there's a lot of connections that are being made at the beginning right as the pandemic is going down and those connections kind of have a tether through time and then you see those same connections 20 years later hmm so you see folks reconnecting 20 years later in unexpected ways and that's a it's a really vague description of this show but it is very special and it's only one season so it's not like you're going to get sucked into watching you know five or six seasons mm-hmm. but it's really really great so check it out
1: well that does sound interesting so you said the creator of the show was patrick somerville yeah what other shows is he associated with
0: good question uh, not a lot of them but he, you know, if you look at his filmography, the one that I associate him with the most is The Leftovers, mm. because he wrote some of the episodes for The Leftovers, and that starred Justin Thoreau and um, Amy Brenneman and Christopher Eccleston. But it's a show also on HBO that was really nuanced and complex and kind of had a cult following, but never really made it big he also was a writer on the bridge which is a television series Mm -hmm. he was a writer on maniac which is a uh, television series in terms of being a producer he was a producer on made for love Mm -hmm.
1: well the only reason i asked is because of you know i the name patrick somerville was ringing a bell and i am familiar with the show leftovers so that makes sense
0: yeah so in my opinion this is the finest piece of television that he's ever been involved with. Okay, And I haven't seen everything he's done, but it's a remarkable piece of art. And that's how I would refer to it, is art. Probably will have a cult following just like The Leftovers. I don't think it's one of these shows like Peacemaker that's going to have a huge, huge audience every week, Mm -hmm. kind of mindless entertainment, but definitely something to check out and put in your queue.
1: Right on. So what do we have coming up next, Jason? I believe we have an interview with Bill Oakley.
0: Yeah, we had to postpone that interview, unfortunately, due to my illness, but Mm -hmm. I think we're going to try to schedule that one to be recorded next week and then launch it the week after. Sounds good. Bill is an interesting guy. He is a Harvard man and was vice president of the Harvard Lampoon. Nice. You may know from following the careers of the Harvard Lampoon folks, but the people that are on the Harvard Lampoon, it almost tends to be a mill for incredibly successful comedy writers and actors. Mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien was on the Harvard Lampoon. Michael Schur, who played Mose from The Office, oh, yeah, he was on the Harvard Lampoon. And Michael Schur, Mose, was also a producer and writer on The Office so that's the type of comedy genius that comes out of the harvard lampoon but bill oakley when he graduated from harvard he eventually found his way to the simpsons Mm. and uh, worked on several seasons of the simpsons from 92 to 98 during its peak popularity and he, he executive produced seasons seven and eight and his career in hollywood is fascinating and i'm looking forward to talking to him about it he also has an Instagram, that's pretty hilarious. He does fast food reviews on Instagram. <laughs> so you, you might want to check out that channel when you get a chance and get some tips on what's great and what's not so great at fast food joints.
1: <laughs> that's an interesting thing to do, man. I would love to do that, actually.
0: <laughs> Especially if you get paid.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'll do it even if, just for the free meal.
0: Right. Yeah. So we'll find out what his angle is there on Instagram and doing these reviews. but. Bill Oakley sounds like an interesting guy and um, looking forward to chatting with him.
1: I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Well, Jason, my friend, as always, it is a pleasure talking to you and it's good to be alive and I'll <laughs> talk to you next time.
1: Yep, we'll talk again. I'll talk to you next week. Right on, brother. Have a good weekend.
0: Hey, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I have a favor to ask. Can you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at dreampathpod. And as always, go find your dream path.